Good evening. Merry Christmas. This fine young man sitting next to me, this is Brother Matt Volkman. I, we want to welcome him. Let me tell you a little bit about Matt. Matt has been a member of the Crossroads family for 25 years. He's married to Sister Julie. They have three wonderful children, Austin, Addison, and Ansley. He's been an elder for 15 years. <laughs> 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 And he's on sabbatical right now for being an elder, and he provides leadership at the Crossroads West Side Campus. He's been doing that for 29, since 2019 as a, as a volunteer. He's bivocational. He's a financial advisor, and uh, him and Matt, Matt, they love the West Side Campus, and Sister Julie, she's... Uh, born and raised on the west side. And so, hey, Matt, welcome uh, to the Nazarene uh, Church. And we're excited about being a part of this Christmas celebration. Thank you. Thank you so much, Larry. I have to tell you, it is a joy and it is an honor to stand here with you on your worship platform at your church and preaching God's word together. So thankful. Thank you so much for trusting us as a church in doing this with you and planning this service. And certainly so, so excited to see what God's going to do with this partnership that he has between our churches. Amen. 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 Well, for you Crossroads folks that don't know my friend Larry, I'm going to uh, return the favor and reduce, introduce him to you. So Larry has served here at Nazarene for 31 years. Yeah. 31 years. <laughs> He's been married to Trudy for 38 years. Now you got to tell me, were you 10 years old when you got married? Is that what it 22, was? 22, <laughs> 22, 22. So Larry and Trudy are proud of their five children and six grandchildren. What a That's blessing right. that is. So Larry graduated from Oakland City mm -hmm. University. Yeah. And he is passionate, passionate about empowering others with the word of God. That's Amen right. to that, Larry. Bless you, man. As Larry said, we are going to tackle right now today the Christmas Story. So we're going to look at Luke 2, 1 through 20, and we can title our message, Jesus is Good News of Great Joy. So why don't you take it away, Larry? And that's right. Luke chapter 2, guess how it begins? It starts off with, in those days, Caesar Augustus. <laughs> it, it talks about the political climate that was going on during that time. Uh, Caesar Augustus, he had given an executive order, and in that executive order, it simply said, everybody, everybody needs to go to their hometown and they need to register. It was the first time that that had been done. And so in the midst of all of that, you've got Joseph, he's living in Nazareth, and he's got to leave Nazareth and go down to Bethlehem because that's where he was from. He was a descendant, a descendant of David. Talking about timing, I had an uncle, uh, Vernon Jordan, said, if it ain't one thing, it's another. And of all, <laughs> of all the times to have to take a road trip, this was, this was a rough time to have to take a road trip. Yeah, well, thanks for that historical setting. You know, God is up to something. He's up to something with this young couple, but this is all in his control. It is. God is sovereign. This is a fulfillment of prophecy. And next, what we see is the birth of Jesus, King Jesus, King Jesus, the savior of the world. He was born in Bethlehem. 
And this is the moment the nation of Israel has been waiting for. However, this was a moment that could have very easily, very easily been missed. Right. So Jesus is born in humble surroundings. So Joseph and Mary, they arrive in Bethlehem. There's no red carpet, no fanfare. Joseph really didn't even have to bring Mary to register. Mm -hmm. We know only the head of household was required, but maybe Mary knew scripture. She has a desire to have her child born in the city of David, to be born in Bethlehem, to fulfill scripture, which was actually Micah 5, 2. Mm -hmm. Remember that scripture? Or maybe Joseph does not want to leave his pregnant fiance alone. You know, they were engaged. They were betrothed to be married. This was probably an arranged marriage by her parents. Mary's pregnant, but sexual relations were forbidden until marriage. And everybody knew that. Right. They all knew that. So what would the others have thought of Mary? Mm -hmm. Right? You pick the adjective, finger pointing. There was name calling. It probably wasn't pretty. <laughs> you know, Mary was poor. Mary was an outcast. Mary was ill thought of. But you know what? She was chosen. She was chosen by God. Absolutely. And Joseph, is, he's a man of character. He doesn't leave his future wife. He supports her. He brings her along with him amidst the stairs. And here comes the baby. <laughs> so Joseph is the firstborn. I'm Jesus, I'm sorry, is the firstborn mm -hmm. to Joseph and Mary. Right. That's probably a reference to Jesus being the firstborn to inherit the kingdom of God. This doesn't mean Mary doesn't have more kids. It just means that Jesus was the first. And we see here, Mary takes care of her son. Right. Even as a young girl, she was probably what, 12, 13 years old. She has a mother's instinct. She wraps Jesus in swaddling clothes. Now these were probably long cloth strips used to mm -hmm. protect him. His limbs are kept straight. Right. You know, Jesus is wrapped tight. Mary knew this kid was special. Now she may not fully get it. She may not understand what's going on, but she knows this is no ordinary child. Right, right. And Jesus is placed in the manger. This is a feeding trough for animals. Can you imagine that? Talk about a <laughs> humble surrounding. Talk about poverty. This was not a room fit for a king. This is not the Ritz-Carlton, Larry. <laughs> Likely this probably isn't even an inn or hotel at all. It might be actually a cave or, or a livestock shelter behind someone's house. So this couple had nothing. They had no one. They had nowhere to go. But friends, they have one thing, and that's they have God's favor. They have birthed Jesus. They have birthed the Messiah who would provide salvation for all humankind. Amen. Amen. You got that, Matt. It isn't it funny how God can, God has a way of working. He can work here and there at the same time. So on one hand, she's giving, giving birth, and then at the same time, God shows up to some fellows who's working the third shift. Yeah, that's right. The text says that the shepherds, they were out, and I like how the NIV version says, the text says they were out living in the field. Mm -hmm. They were living among the sheep. They were living out nearby. And then the angel of the Lord appears with his glory, and the angel says, uh, he first he tells them, "Don't be afraid," because yeah. uh, I can imagine I can imagine what was happening out there in the midst of all the darkness, and the sheep have settled down, and then all of a sudden you've got angels. And I guess my image of this idea of the glory of the Lord is the brilliance, is mm -hmm. this brilliant light 
uh, showed up. And in the midst of all of that, I know that they were scared half to death. You know, it's, it's so interesting when you think about God sending an angel to these shepherds. You can't help but think, who? Well, he, God, he sends an angel. Where? He sends the angel to the shepherds that are outside, outside in the fields in the obscure place. And then he sent it to them while they were still working. God sends a great message to least likely people while they were still on work, which means these guys, and if you know anything about shepherds, you know no little boy would ever say, boy, when I grow up, I'm going to go to college and I want to be a shepherd. (laughs) No, because when you're a shepherd, you got to live outside in the field. You got to live with the sheep. You got to stay with the sheep. You've got to protect the sheep. You've got to do this thing called rotational grazing, which mm. they'll eat here a minute and then you, you, move them, you move them someplace else. And when you've been around sheep, when you've been around sheep, I don't know a whole lot about sheep, but I do know something about goats. Mm-hmm. And when you've been around goats and goats have been around you, when you come home, somebody else will know <laughs> where you, <laughs> they'll know where you've been. But then think about the message. The message is, I bring you good news. The angel says, I'm bringing to you good news. These were guys who were at the bottom of the totem pole and God loved them so much. Hey, they were like the essential workers because mm-hmm. everybody still needed to eat. Yep. They love, they love, they love lamb. They love mutton. Uh, everybody loved to use wool for blankets mm-hmm. and all of that. They used the goat, the, the, the sheep's milk. So these were essential. These were mm-hmm. essential workers. And yet God showed up and explains to them, I got some good news for you. Great joy. And then I love what the text says to all people, all people, a savior has been born. He is the Messiah. He's the anointed one. And here's, here's how you're going. Here's how you're going to find him. Don't go to the maternity ward. <laughs> You'll find him. He's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes, yeah. basically rags, clean yeah, yeah. little thin strips. Yeah. He's, he's going to be wrapped in rags and he's going to be lying in a manger. Hey, Matt, have you ever thought about the fact nowhere in the text does it say he'll be at a stable? Right. But these shepherds are smart. Yeah. <laughs> so if he's in a manger, <laughs> if, he, if he's in a manger, a manger is going to be in a stable. And we know how to find a stable because if there's a stable, there's some animals. If there's some animals, they smell. We know how, we know how to find them. And sure enough, that's what they did. They searched until they found it, and they didn't miss the sign. Yeah, and that's good news. Good news. Jesus is good news, and he brings great joy. In this next section of Scripture, we're going to see Jesus is worthy of our worship and praise. So here's what happens. A a host or an army of angels comes on the scene. They break out in praise. They break out in proclamation for the Savior who has come. Gloria in excelsis Deo, glory to God in the highest. They offer a gift of lasting peace or blessing to all those that are favored by God. As the prophet announced in Isaiah 9, 6, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is. So after this concert of praise, the angels, they head right back up to heaven. That's where they lived. And the shepherds, they look up to the sky and the angels are gone. 
just as shoot, just as quickly as they appeared. <laughs> and what do the shepherds do? They go, they go. They want to see the child themselves. They want to confirm what the Lord has emphatically proclaimed. The shepherds want to worship the king and they waste no time. They pack their bags, they head right into town. They act in obedience to this declaration that the Lord had made through the angels and they move quickly and they're rewarded. They're yeah. rewarded by yeah. the side of this couple, the child. They're all alone, you know, in this cave with animals, animals yeah. in there, you know, and they, they have no trouble finding Jesus. Why? Because Bethlehem's a little town. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a small town, short trip. So they found the child, as you said, lying in the manger, uh, just as the angel had prophesied. The lowly shepherds see the sign. Yeah. The lowly shepherds see the Savior. Now, the lowly, they're loved. Yeah. The lowly are loved by Jesus. Jesus came for the lowly to elevate them as children of God. Now, this is good news. This is the greatest news, Larry. Yeah. The greatest news in history. And the shepherds don't want to keep it to themselves. They run throughout the town of Bethlehem screaming. I can just imagine them screaming at the top of their lungs. We have seen the Messiah. Yeah. We have seen the Lord. We have seen the Savior. This is a good word greeted with great anticipation. This little bitty Jewish town, pretty neat. And the shepherds, they're unlikely messengers. Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah. what you and I have to remember is that God uses unlikely people well, don't he? Don't he? <laughs> for his work. He uses whoever he wants. And the recipients of this news, the, the people there in the, in the town of David, they are amazed. Yes. Luke, you know, that Luke uses that word a yeah. lot in yeah. scripture. Yeah. Amazed by what yeah. they hear. So they're thinking to themselves, Larry, could this be? Could this be yeah. the one? Hundreds and hundreds of years have passed. The nation of Israel has been waiting could this be the one? Yeah. Uh, the text then talks about how the shepherds went back. And after they got back, <laughs> boy, I can't wait to get to the other side. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure Mary was saying, well, this is some kind of day. <laughs> this, yeah. is some, this is some kind of day. But the text gives a little detail. And uh, it gives us a little insight into what, what Mary was thinking. And uh, the text says something like this, that, that Mary treasured all these things. She hid them in her heart and she pondered them. Mm. It's, as if she, it's as if she made a file mm. and put it in a folder. Yeah. Because like you said, hey, there's a, there's a whole lot we haven't quite figured out yet. She doesn't see how all of it's coming together. But every step is another confirmation that God is good, that God meant what he said. And then the Bible says that um, as they returned, uh, because uh, their shift wasn't over, <laughs> they, they went back to work. They, they, hey, they, they got it. They've heard, they've had a visit. They've had, they've had a visit from angels. They've seen a concert. Yep. They've seen the baby Jesus, but it's still time to go back to work. It's time they got to go back to work. <laughs> the shift's not over. But as they went back, work's different now mm. because they've seen the Messiah. Mm. Work's different now mm. because they know some things that, that they didn't know before. Uh, 
My grandmama used to say it like this. She, they went back praising him mm -hmm. for what their eyes have seen, mm. for what their ears have heard, and then for what their hearts have felt. Mm. Life, mm. totally different now. Yeah. Because they've seen the Messiah for themselves. Yeah. What a powerful passage. 20 just powerful verses. You know, I love that last section you taught, Larry. Jesus is to be seen. He's to be treasured. He's to be pondered, yeah. Yeah. you know, as Mary did. Now what we want to do, we're going to focus, as Larry and I kind of talked about this, this text, on two key points of emphasis, kind of looking really at, at Luke mm -hmm. 2.10. Right, right. So um, the first is joy. I'm yeah. going to speak a little bit about joy, then Larry's going to talk about, about uh, the sign. Yeah. So Jesus brings joy. Now, I don't know about you, Larry, but there's sometimes I am not at all, not at all <laughs> full of joy. Right. I get drugged down by the drudgery of life. Life can be hard. I have to do this. I have to go there. I have to take care mm -hmm. of this. You know, maybe it's important stuff, but it's not stuff that brings me joy. Yeah. And there's yeah. other times I'm just simply down. I have a long day at the office. Yeah. In my work or ministry things. I mean, can ministry things yeah. weigh you down yeah. a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, also yeah. my back. Your back hurts. My knee. <laughs> Your knee, my back. I mean, and that's something Julie could attest to. My back's been hurting a lot lately. You know, so I need... Personally, I need good news. I yeah. need something that I can look forward to. I need something that I can have hope for, and I need joy. That's it. That's I do. it. That's it. So in Luke 2.10, as you said, the angel of the Lord says, there is no reason to be afraid of me. I bring encouragement to you today. I have news that will bring you joy today. And this right. news, as you said, is for who? Everybody. All people. For Everybody. all people. So as Larry said, this news was for all people, for the poor. It was for the downtrodden, for mm -hmm. the maligned, for the oppressed Jews, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, so I feel like a Jew in the day of Jesus. Many, many times I'm poor. <laughs> I am beaten up. I need a savior. I need Jesus. I'm a sinner. I make mistakes every single day. I need joy. And I don't want this to be some kind of fleeting joy. Right, right. I don't want it to be a joy that comes and goes and I don't even realize it came. So I want lasting joy, eternal joy, heavenly joy. And this is what the angel proclaims. This is what the angel proclaims to the shepherd and what the angel proclaims to yeah. you and me. And I love what the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary says about this. Mm -hmm. I think this is interesting. Joy is a state of delight and well-being that results from knowing and serving God. Yeah, yeah. Joy is the fruit of a right relationship with mm -hmm, God. It's a mm -hmm. relationship. It's not something that people can create with their own efforts. You know what my translation of that is? It, What's that? It, is, is joy is a gift. It is. It's a yeah. gift. Jesus is a gift. Salvation is a gift. Mm -hmm. Our faith is a gift. And joy is a gift for you, and it's a gift for me. But we have a choice. That's it. We can accept it. Or we can reject it. Joy is not found in life circumstances or situations. Joy is found in, in Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not only happiness. It's so much more. It's assurance. It's understanding that if I trust Jesus in my life, if he is my Savior, if I accept the good news that those angels proclaimed, I can have joy. Right. And what's cool about that is I can have contentment here on earth today 
but I can have trust and faith that I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven tomorrow. You know, in, in, in this passage, of course, as you know, Larry, this is not the only place that, that we talk about joy mm -hmm. in the Bible. <laughs> you know, King David, the man after God's own heart, he writes, praising the Lord in Psalms 1611, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He's right. crying out to the Lord. And then we see later the prophet Isaiah writes of the joy uh -huh. of the redeemed nation of Israel. Remember this text? So the nation of Israel is going to return home from exile from Babylon. Mm -hmm. So the prophet writes Isaiah 35, 10, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Yeah. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sign will flee away. Also, Jesus tells disciples in John 16, 20, for our crossroads friends, we preached on this just, <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago. So there will be, the disciples will no longer grieve right, right. after his death. They will see him again when he raises from the dead. So he promises them right. in verse 20, very truly I tell you, you will weep mm -hmm. and you will mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Yeah, that's good. And then finally, of course, the apostle Paul writes, this letter, this tremendous letter of encouragement to the Philippians. He wants them to express joy, not just when things are going good. That's it. He wants to, you know, joy when things are even going bad, all circumstances. So he writes in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. That's you know, it. So I think what we want to ask our friends here is how do they respond, respond to these, these particular verses? So are you filled with joy in the presence of God, like David was. Do you anticipate joy as a rescued child of God, like the Israelites? Mm -hmm. You know, does your grief turn to joy at the thought of the resurrected Jesus, like the disciples? Wow. You know, do you rejoice in the Lord, regardless of all the troubles going on, like, the, like Paul encouraged the Philippians? So you can accept it, or you can reject it. And I want to encourage everyone today, hear the joy like the shepherds. See the joy like the shepherds and worship Jesus. And he is the joy, just like the shepherds did, because Jesus is good news, Larry. He's good, good news. news of great joy. Yes, he is. You know, John in chapter 20, I think it's verse 31, it said, and we wrote these things. There's a whole lot of signs and miracles that he did. We wrote a whole bunch of them. Uh, we put them in this book, but he did more than what we just Amen. put in the book. Amen. But we wrote these that you might believe and that by believing you might have life in his name. And the tragedy is it, even though God has given hundreds and hundreds of signs, still people miss it. Whatever you do, don't miss the sign. Mary was assured, she was reminded of her Sunday school lesson. <laughs> don't miss the sign. That's what gave Joseph assurance that this is, this is prophetic. And all he had to do was go back and check. Don't miss, don't miss the sign. It said she would be, this child would be born of a virgin. Hmm. You know she's a virgin. 
she knows he's, she's a virgin, but still mm. she's pregnant. Yeah. Don't miss the sign. <laughs> Zachariah, yeah. he's learning sign language because <laughs> it's a sign. And his sweet little wife, uh, she's going to the OBGYN when people think that she should be a grandmama, but it's her first child. Yeah. It's all, it's a part of the sign. And because it was, this gift was given to everybody, the shepherds, a sign, the decree, a sign, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, a sign, wise men coming later on bringing gifts, a sign. All of these things were a sign. Whatever you do, don't miss the sign. The Messiah has come. He died for our sins. God raised him from the dead, and he's ascended on high. And he has given to the church, to the body of Christ, the privilege of being able to go out and share this great news, share this great joy. He still brings joy. He, in the midst of a pandemic, he still brings joy. Because one of the other definitions of joy, Matt's, Matt said it over and over, it's this assurance that in spite of the circumstance, God is still in control and God is still working. The last recorded words of Mary in the Bible, they were at a wedding feast and Jesus was there and those feasts could last for weeks and they ran out of wine and Mary came to Jesus and said, Jesus, they ran out of wine. It's a, it's something small to us, but it would be embarrassing to that family. It would be embarrassing to that groom and to that wife, to the parents of the groom and wife. People would leave there laughing, saying, two days and they ran out of wine. <laughs> what kind of people? <laughs> and Jesus looked at his mother and said, you know it's not my time. It's not my time. And I think Jesus got a look from his mama mm -hmm. that only a mama can look. She didn't say another word to Jesus, but she did look at the rest of the crowd. And she looked at the men that were standing around and her last recorded words were, whatever he says, do it. You do it. Whatever do he it. says do it. Here's one of the things he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody would open their heart, I'll come in. Whatever he says, do it. And the great joy that we have is that we get a chance to celebrate the goodness of God and he's still offering Jesus as a special gift. I close with this. Um, a few months ago, uh, had a talk with someone that I loved and, and he was admiring, he was admiring my shoes. He said, where'd you, he said, he said, Uncle Larry, Uncle Larry, those are some sharp, man, them are some sharp shoes. How'd you find some boots like that? I said, well, you know, you know, I get around. <laughs> he, I said, would you like a pair? 
He said, yeah. I said, okay, all right. I waited a little while and I called him. I said, now, you really want a pair of them boots? He said, yeah, I want a pair. I said, now look, those, these, these boots aren't cheap. You it won't be throwing pearl to swine, will it? <laughs> he said, what do you mean? I mean, you know, it's like giving some jewelry to a pig and they can't appreciate it. I said, now, if I do this, I, I'm just asking, do you really want it? Do you really want it? And uh, he, he, he assured me he did. And I waited a little longer because I wanted to be sure that he wanted what he said he wanted. And uh, it wasn't long. I called him again. I said, okay, you still want them? He said, I said, all right. I made the call and uh, called him, told him the day it was going to be delivered. And I said, okay, they're going to be delivered. And uh, I said, here's all I want you to do. I just want you to, when you put them on, don't go outside until you're sure it's a good fit. And then I want you to take a picture and send it to me to let me know, to let me know you got them. The gift had been paid for. Hmm. The gift had been delivered. But I'm still waiting on my picture. Because a gift is not a gift until you accept it. My prayer is that you will not miss the sign, appreciate and accept the gift that God gave to all mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him won't perish, but shall have everlasting life. You can pray this prayer with me and invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart right now. It's as simple as this. Dear God, I admit that I have sinned. I believe that you sent your son to die for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. I open my heart and invite you to come in. By faith, I believe, and I'm taking you at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And listen, if you've prayed that prayer, you are a child of God, but you are a babe, and you need a church family, family to love you, to nurture you, to help you grow, to help you mature, to become the Christian that God wants you to be. On the screen, you will see information where you can connect with the Crossroads family or the Nazarene family. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. Make a connection so that we can embrace you and welcome you to the family of God. Matthew, God bless you. God bless you, Larry. This has truly been a joy. I have enjoyed this more than you can imagine. Just so thankful for you, thankful for your history in our community. Thankful for how you faithfully, like we were talking just a few minutes ago, preach that word every weekend. So praise God. God's blessings, God's blessings to you and Trudy and your whole family. So, Matt, would you, would you close us out in prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, as I just said, what a joy this has been. And God, we put this in your hands. Lord, we put this message that Larry and I preached in your hands. And may you do a mighty work with everyone who sees, everyone who hears. God, may you work in the hearts as only you can do. We're only messengers, Lord. You change hearts. 
May you do that today. And I just ask blessings upon the Nazarene church. Lord, may they abound, abound in blessings. All the families, all the people connected to this wonderful ministry that's been here for a long, long time. God, thank you. Thank you for this event. Thank you for Christmas Eve. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, who was born, as we just talked about, Lord. And we give you all the glory for what you're doing today and what you're going to do in the future. And all God's people said, Larry. Amen. 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 Bless you, man. Bless you, Larry.